the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. It's good to be back. We have Brett Roberts joining us again today. How are you, Brett? I'm good, thank you. It's good to be here again, as always. Always good to catch up and uh, always good to, to delve into what's happening in the in the tech world and uh, see what we can what we can take away. Uh, a, a lot of stuff uh, there that we can we can delve into today. Um, artificial intelligence seems to uh, seems to be a, an ongoing theme. I and I guess I'm enjoying sort of seeing more and more you know useful applications that are you know hopefully not too uh, not Good too time. scary and 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 nasty sort of big brotherish. Uh, we've got some uh, drones in there. Uh, a bit about uh, Starlink and uh, well, Facebook are uh, are back in the news um, as is Spotify and uh, and Joe Rogan. So plenty to uh, to to delve into. Uh, maybe you could just remind Good. listeners where you fit into this big wide world of of tech, Brett. Oh, okay. Um, oh, gee, we started being I guess in the tech world since um, the early 90s. I spent 13 years um, at Microsoft, left there in 2010. Um, ran a digital agency here in Tauranga. I've um, done some time at, um, in a good way, at Callaghan Innovation. I'm back there now. Um, I spent four and a half years um, at Datacom prior to that. So yeah, I've been in the tech world for a long time and, and I'm a, uh, my background is I'm a qualified aircraft engineer. So that's that's me in a nutshell. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. There's uh... Um, not too too many folks that I know that have that uh, that up their sleeve, Brett. That uh, could could be quite handy one day. You know, if you've got a broken, you know, aircraft seven four seven or something seven six seven, we should talk. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, now, one one thing that caught uh, caught my attention, as, as you know, often do these sort of robot stories, Brett. Um, is that the US is testing um, robotic uh, patrol dogs along their uh, southern border. Now, as far as I'm aware, these uh, these dogs can't bite. Uh, they don't have any weapons loaded onto them, um, which which we which we have seen sort of shown off actually by um, you know by the company that's that's behind these um, these particular. Um, robots, which is as Ghost Robotics. Uh, I think we talked about it a few months ago. That uh, you know that was one of the things that they were they were showing off on their website. Um, that they were sort of targeting those those military types of applications, um, which is 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 somewhat spine chilling. Um, but you know when it when it comes to certain roles these days, it's getting harder and harder to find uh, you know people that maybe want to do those. And carry out those roles, and then there's the uh, uh, the budgetary challenges. So um, here, here we've got uh, the Department of Homeland Security and in, in the US trying um, battery powered uh, robot dogs. Do you think this is, is going to fly? Is it is 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 it too early on in the in the tech? Is it going to you know just scare people too much, um, or is this just the the future we're going to have to get used to? So probably all of the above, right? So this is something <laughs> I, I do a lot of um, talking about tech in the future and impact, particularly on, on society and stuff. And there's a few interesting things in this. So, so one is robots are absolutely taking and will take even more of the lower wage jobs, you know, so um, in fast food places, for example, um, 
you know, uh, logistics, obviously, this, you know, you look at Amazon, for example, and, and, and in fact, security uh, is another area. There are um, robots that look like Daleks without the big, long um, things sticking out the front of them that are in use on the Microsoft and Google campuses today. So, so I think we will see more and more of this stuff. And I'm sure that at the beginning, there'll be all sorts of glitches and hiccups with it. But the reality is that the tech is getting cheaper and cheaper to build. It's becoming more and more reliable. The, the artificial intelligence and the stuff that powers it's getting smarter. Um, you know, the sensors that the cameras built into them are getting better. The battery technology is improving. I mean, that's, I think it's just, it's a genius. You can't stuff back in the bottle, right? I'm sure there'll be all sorts of things that'll go wrong. There's a wonderful, wonderful uh, Black Mirror episode about the robotic dogs, which is well worth watching. It's absolutely terrifying. It's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think this is, you're just going to see more and more of this type of thing. And you've only got to watch those Boston Dynamics videos of, of their um, robotic dogs opening doors so another one can walk through and going upstairs and all that type of thing. You know, this this isn't the future. This is the now, right? So, yep, we're going to see more and more of it. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, really is. And and there is a bit of a journey for the technology to develop, you know, battery life, all these different dots to join up. Also, getting people comfortable with it because right now you drop a story like this and there'll be a lot of people that'll be freaked out by the concept, especially yeah. when you put that together next to a uh, a YouTube of uh, a robot dog with weaponry on it, or you have a look at one of the Russian videos of a yeah, yeah. you know um, a, a, exactly. a robot carrying uh, AK forty seven and and the like. Yeah, um, so there there is a, there is a journey ahead, and we're going to have to navigate you know this in a manner that. Um, well, you know, hopefully the the legislation is is kept in balance and and appropriate because you know, we already have military drones today that that can you know go out and kill people. I think you know, generally what what we've what we've seen is probably not been you know um, autonomous on the killing side, um, which is you know you can you can maybe breathe easy for a moment or two but um you know the future of how that plays out is is something that i think as a society we've got to watch you know watch quite carefully and right. um, we can you know, we can spend we, an entire all, podcast on this yeah <laughs> absolutely and, we, and we've all seen the science fiction uh, yeah you know movies but, but you're right there's, <laughs> there's so much stuff going on in that space right and, and you're right the legislation is way behind i know there are things at kind of a un level or government level where they're talking about autonomous uh, you know the the weaponry and all the other thing uh, type of things, but of course we're only get to see what we get to see, right? I, I hate to think what's going on behind the scenes, uh, and of course the whole thing with homeland security is they don't give a toss what anybody thinks, right? It's homeland security, it's the United States, and so you know they are able to probably get away with things that private corporations can't. But I think you can absolutely bet that these things will be wandering around, you know, the, the Microsoft and Google and other campuses um, in time. Um, it, it, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm wildly enthused about it, but I'm not sure there's anything we can really do about it. But uh, the legislation piece is absolutely critical here. And, you know, governments move like chilled treacle and technology companies move at light speed. So there's you know, the gap in between the tech and the legislation is just widening all the time. And that, that really does concern me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's good to be talking about these things. We've got to keep them out there in, in the open so that, uh, you know, we don't get surprised too much, right? And uh, and we, we kind of, 
we we let the big companies know what we're what we're what we're not comfortable with, and uh, we let them know that um, you know not not everything is uh, is okay. And you know, I think yeah. we, we we we've seen that going on in a lot of areas recently, and yeah. so um, you know that. That these things do get heard, which is uh, is is pleasing. Now, wanted to jump into the the news from uh, SpaceX last week that uh, they're supplementing their standard Starlink satellite service, which has been, um, you know, nothing short of incredible. I think for for a lot of people around uh, New Zealand and and other parts of the world, uh, where they are in locations where um, broadband has been quite limited. And you know, New Zealand is, is one of those countries that's done an incredible job on a broadband um, front, um, you know. But still, there are there are limitations in certain locations, and not a good offering available to everyone. Um, I think the, the government's sort of targeting over ninety nine percent now to uh, to get you know, either fibre or um, some sort of rural broadband uh, connection, which would have still you know left uh, that that you know less than one percent without uh, any sort of great uh, connectivity um, other than satellite and uh, boy Starlink have been doing a very very good job uh, on that front uh, a few shortcomings and um, I guess that's what Starlink are, are in part uh, addressing with this new service which is their their premium Starlink um, uh, offering aimed at uh, aimed at businesses and will will basically allow. Uh, organizations to drop uh, it's about 500 us a month so uh, you know that'll land in the direction of 800 uh, here in New Zealand and that that assuredness that you can most of the time get a pretty good fast internet connection and they're even ramping up the speeds from from what uh, consumers have been getting um, you know I think is is going to be fairly attractive but it is a big price uh, price jump. Uh, there will be a two and a half thousand dollar US fee, so I guess we're looking in the direction of of four thousand New Zealand uh, dollars. So, um, yeah, businesses will have to think a, a little bit more seriously about this than the uh, the base uh, Starlink uh, offering, uh, where it's it's a five hundred US dollar fee for the uh, for the for the equipment. So, yeah, you're basically looking at uh, at at five five times the price uh, performance wise. Uh, Looks looks like um, it's going to be in the direction of uh, twice as twice as fast as as what people have been getting today. Um, and look, I've I've given a good bit of testing to Starlink over over the last few months and uh, uh, talking to others that have that have got this service. Uh, you know, if you can't get access to a fast uh, um, DSL connection, fiber connection, or uh, you know, uh, the faster end of the scale on a, a fixed wireless you know, broadband 4G or 5G, um, or even if you can, in some cases, um, Starlink comes in with a with an even better result. Uh, so yeah, I think this is really, really pleasing. And, um, you know, there will be customers in New Zealand that are going to really appreciate this. But I think it will be a very small percentage of their user base that are going to want to spend five times what, yeah. uh, uh, what the normal price is. And, and probably most uh, smaller businesses that need a bit of a connection uh, we'll be quite happy with the with the base uh, offering, even though it's not you know, officially targeted at uh, at businesses. Um, probably one thing I, I noticed they haven't mentioned is a sort of fixed IP address, uh, router pool IP address. So uh, maybe that's something that that they will end up offering in the 
in the future that uh, yeah, opens up uh, the connectivity options for for businesses. Yeah, look, I, I find this whole thing fascinating for a couple of reasons, so or a bunch of reasons. Um, one is, if you and I had sat down over coffee ten years and talked about this, we would have laughed ourselves silly about how stupid and completely unachievable it was. And, and it's <laughs> True. The tech is just racing ahead. You know, at the moment they're still using radio for communication, but they're looking at um, the next stage is that they're going to use lasers for communication between satellites. Um, the Chinese government are looking at following suit um, and putting their own constellation um, up in space. Um, if Elon Musk can do it, then others can do it. It's not like the technology is un unknown. Um, you look at Peter Beck, you know, and, and SpaceX commoditizing, getting satellites into orbit. Um, there are going to be tens, many tens of thousands of these things floating around the place, which, of course, astronomers are absolutely up in arms about quite rightfully. Um, the first lot they sent up were pretty reflective. The new ones, I think, are more um, they're painted in quite dense black, um, non-reflective black, or they've um, done some, but but still blocking the night sky, which isn't a good thing. Um, they're providing internet coverage to people that can't get it, which I think is absolutely incredible. Um, it's five, you know, five hundred dollars for that service today, but you know, with the, you know, the the stroke of a pen, it could be five. Um, and and what I think is really interesting with this is. Um, I would imagine if you're the chief executive of Spark or you know some of the larger telcos, the whole idea around sovereignty, right? That you know all of a sudden a US telecommunications carrier could um, break the pricing models of internet access in New Zealand. Now, obviously, there's a massive capacity thing in there that need to build out the infrastructure and all the other stuff, but it's technically doable. Um, and so it will be interesting to see how how they play that out. Elon Musk, you know, as I've said it on this podcast many times, is as mad as a cut snake, but he's a very, it's a very clever cut snake, right? He's, yeah. he's genius level material and strategically thinks ahead of the others and he moves faster. You know, they, they could do that. What would happen if we woke up on a Monday morning and Starlink was $5 a month for incredibly high speeds? You know, what, what could the local companies do? I'm not sure, but I bet someone or someone in those organizations should be thinking about this stuff, right? This is, um, you know, international competition. So, so isn't it interesting? You know, five years ago, we wouldn't have thought that an international telco could potentially come into New Zealand and, um, you know, t take over some of that market share. And, and now via um, Starlink and, and similar offerings, they, they can. So I think the geopolitics of this is as fascinating as the tech, to be honest. Yeah, and, and look, we've been in this position for a number of years where we look at, uh, we look at global players that have so much power, uh, and and you know we Facebook and you know Amazon are uh, you know I, I guess it, you know a couple will be uh, will be uh, you know continuing to talk about on a on a regular basis, um, but this is an area that yeah just a very very few short years ago we wouldn't uh, you know it wouldn't have been something we'd be expecting uh, to talk about, um, but if we look at you know what's happening, and at the moment they've got what, about two thousand Starlink satellites, you know, roughly um, that are that are in service. Uh, but that number is is supposed to accelerate and be more than ten times that yeah. uh, in the years ahead, and deliver better and better results. But already they're they're delivering some. Uh, you know, some phenomenal performance. So, um, well, that, you know, the, the other thing, just while I think of it, is was that um, just a few weeks ago, the Chinese government announced that they had performed a successful test where they'd taken a satellite out of orbit. Yes. So I, I think we are now in the, you know, I'm sure that the Chinese government would not like the idea of thousands of 
um, US company owned satellites flying over, you know, um, yes, they do um, internet access, but you know, it's not hard to put cameras to them as well. So I think we're going to see all sorts of interesting things play out here that, that we just can't comprehend at the moment. But, um, you know, what's that ancient curse? You know, may you live in interesting times. We live in interesting times, right? Yeah, we certainly do. And, you know, already we've heard, heard um, concerns from, uh, was it, was it, uh, was it China or Russia? I know we spoke about a few weeks ago with um, having to manoeuvre things around, you know, Star, yeah. Starlink uh, satellites. Yeah, correct. Right? So, yep. um, and, and that's while there's a, there's a small number, I mean, relatively small. Yeah. It's, it's grown the number of satellites in space by about 50%. Um, but, you know, with, with where that's heading, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting times. And, uh, um, you know, with no, nobody owning that, uh, that real estate in space, um, yeah, there's, there's going to need to be some uh, interesting work ahead. Otherwise, suddenly your internet gets uh, gets knocked off and yeah, that's uh, right yeah you know, certainly it's, it's a bright flash of light outside your house and your internet yeah. connection no longer works that's right boom um and uh yeah you're back to uh back to uh much slower communications if we look back to the days before the internet um let, let's 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 hope we don't have to deal with too much of that um on the on the tonga front i know we've we've chatted about them a bit over the last um last uh, few weeks um they, we talked about them getting some some connectivity back, and I think um, uh, so. Pacific had uh, had come in there. Uh, we also have had uh, recent news that um, that that Starlink uh, are working with uh, setting up a sort of a temporary six month base in uh, in Fiji yep. for uh, ground connectivity back to fiber, so that they can um, they can help Tonga as well. So. Uh, yeah, things are moving re- reasonably, reasonably quickly there, um, in in some ways. But you know, in other ways, um, the the fibre is uh, is still still not back up as far as I'm aware. So, uh, um, you know, we've got uh, we've got maybe uh, a little bit more of a waiting game ahead. So, um, yeah. That fibre thing is interesting, eh? Imagine when they're planning that stuff out. You know, oh, look, there's an undersea volcano here. Should we go around it? Oh, you know, it's going to cost a bit more, maybe. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just anyway. tunnel right through the middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, now, on to um, this story to do with artificial intelligence um, and airline delays. Uh, this was a story that uh, the BBC had um, had covered. This, I think it's an Israeli uh, Israeli company that's um, that's uh, a startup called in- Intel Act um, who, who are a provider and, the, and there are others that are, uh, are working to reduce these um, you know delays that we often often see with uh, with flights and us kind of curious as to well, what amazing things have they done behind the scenes and I guess most of it is it's just kind of reasonably simple things are tapping into existing cameras that are uh, that are actually already there and in, in the airports and um, and ar- around the planes and and, and so on um, and they're looking out for things that can alert them in, a, in advance that there might be uh, might be some sort of a 
a, a delay. Um, you know, our staff getting fatigue. You know, what things can they can they recommend in in terms of uh, a workaround if a fuel tr- truck arrives late and. Uh, um, you know, sometimes they can do parallel boarding where uh, passengers um, board while the while the um, aircraft is being um, um, is being fueled. But apparently, in those sort of cases, from a safety perspective, they need to keep a, a fire engine present. But if you you know if you know that's what's going to be required, then yep. uh, um, you know the technology can actually help you help you do these things and. Uh, the delays are pretty expensive, aren't they? So, uh, if some simple technology can uh, can help, you know, catch these things based on the the existing, you know, technology cameras and so on that are already around the place, it seems to make some sense. Well, it's so this is something I actually um, have a quite a bit of understanding of, but uh, not from the artificial intelligence, just the actual human intelligence side of it. The last role I had at Air New Zealand a million years ago, I worked in flight operations for the national part of Air New Zealand. Um, and I actually um, sat in the room with, with um, the, the team in Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch in particular when disruptions were happening and watched how decision-making happened. And it always blew me away. You know, they had aircraft in the air, they had aircraft stuck on the ground some, somewhere, something was broken. There was never one problem, there's always several. Um, there were things about, you know, having to get, you know, crew hours correct. And even really simple things like, oh, you know, we, we have to get, you know, um, flight attendant XYZ back home because, you know, they, they, they're a, um, they're a mum and, and, and they need to get back for their kids. And so they used to, yep. in, you know, in their brains, figure all of these iterations out of the best configuration they could get, how to how to get around the problems, you know, if New Plymouth was shut due to weather or whatever it was. And it always blew me away just how incredibly effective and efficient they were at doing so. And it also struck me as something that if you could somehow gather all of that stuff out of the neurons and turn it into bits in a computer that you could probably do a good job at. And it sounds like that's what this Israeli com- company has done, right? But um, but the interesting thing is there are just so many iterations. You know, I think it sounds like they're doing, you know, when they're using cameras and where fuel trucks and fire trucks and, uh, are, etc. is one thing. But um, some of those other things, and also predicting ahead, you know, trying to figure out what the weather's going to do at such and such a place. And we know that New Plymouth will be closed in the next 12 hours and let's sort that problem out before it even occurs. That was, and, and, and these guys, and they were all guys at the time, could make these decisions in the space of just minutes, single digit minutes on a quick conference call. They'd figure all the stuff out and, and reroute and whatever. It was really, really cool to watch, right? And, and, and it's always amazed me when I was working for an airline, I have no idea how they ever get an on-time departure. The number of things going on in the background to get an aluminium tube in, empty it, clean it, fill it up with people again, shove it out and get it done on time, fueled up properly, the right crew at the right time and everything else is just mind-bogglingly complex. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and it's um, uh, also pretty cool when they manage to actually be ahead of schedule, right, which um, <laughs> which which surprisingly actually, you know, seems to happen yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, uh, you know, they're, they're um, yeah, they're, it's, it is incredible how many how many things uh, that have, have to fit together. I guess... Uh, one of the elements the BBC article talked about is the the widespread use of, of smartphones now, right? And it's it's just slowly crept up on us. I was um, hearing a, a presentation where somebody was was saying, "Oh, you know, sixty percent of of um, you know the population now have a have a smartphone." 
Um, I th- I think that that figure's probably out of date somewhat, yeah, right? By a long know, shot, I these things yeah. just 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 keep moving, and you know we've got I think you know certainly more smartphone or, or more mobile connections in New Zealand than uh, you know than, than we have people. So uh, right. um, you know we know these these figures are very very high and uh, and just keep getting higher. Uh, you know, COVID has, has contributed that to that. Um, you know, with with um, um, you know, right across the population, the, the encouragement to run the COVID tracer app and so on. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's an ever uh, ever changing world. And and uh, you know, once you rely on people running, say, you know, an Air New Zealand app uh, on their on their device, and maybe you're able to track where they are within the airport. Um, you know, you start adding these pieces in, right? And uh, and it just gets it gets better and better. That, that has been done today. So, so Auckland Airport have done some. Incre- I, I know because I was very peripherally involved in it. But Auckland Airport have done some incredible work around um, Bluetooth tracking and knowing, you know, where people are generally. And there's lots of people over here. There's lots of people in duty free. There's planes boarding, um, and they, you know, they can do some quite clever stuff with that information. So, yeah, you're right. You know, it's that classic thing of a little bit of data can go a long way when it's when it's used well. But yeah, I mean, tech just. Um, has the potential to, to make that whole because I hate airports, right? Tech has the uh, potential to make all of that so much better. You know, once we get back to using airports again, but yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was in the um, the um, sitting with my son grabbing some breakfast in the uh, uh, Air New Zealand lounge and uh, thinking we had another couple of minutes before we needed to uh, we needed to board. And um, you know, you get this loudspeaker announcement uh, without without notes. Yeah, I've um, had that many times. It's oh, okay. The, the shame, um, but you you know you can just imagine this this is something where you're going to get pinged you know directly in the future. They know exactly where you are, Correct. exactly how far away, and yep. you know how 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 full the the ramp or the tunnel is of of people onto the plane and uh, uh, and and so on, and when to when to give you an electric shock through your phone and, and tell you to get. Uh, uh, data and analytics it's the future <laughs> yeah it's gonna it's gonna be you know interesting to see how that moves uh moves ahead and and you know what sort of smarter things that uh, that will happen in in the future and um you know I, I guess you can imagine some of the rules uh you know changing a little bit in terms of when you have to board and so on um in conjunction with you know maybe you get some benefits if you're you're running the app actively and are, and are willing to share a little bit of extra um you know yep. data data with them gets and gets exactly right yeah um now drones uh are, are a topic that that we do keep coming back to but at, at times it sort of it seems like oh drones it, it, you know I, I was going to say they never took off, um, but you know, the, uh, terrible. Uh, sorry, <laughs> um, but but you know, it does it does seem as though it's it's been you know quite gradual the 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 movement of uh, you know some of the ideas that we've been told about over the years and look we're going to have everything delivered by drone and you know it might be a a, a drone that um, you know an air based drone or it could be a you know a ro- a robotic sort of you know, delivery machine, but yep. actually these things are, you know, are, are happening in different in different places. And we're hearing, you know, if you keep your ear to the ground, there, there are more and more stories of um, of how this tech is actually getting put into place. Um, we've seen, uh, I think, stuff was was covering drones helping to reseed uh, a habitat um, for koalas that had been uh, basically, you know, ravaged by um, by fire, 
and so they actually needed to to replant there, and um, they've been using drones uh, drones for that, which I thought uh, that's that's a pretty cool um, cool idea, and it's you know it 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 makes sense, right, where the technology can do the job yeah. much quicker and much easier than than you know possibly uh, you know any other way. Um, you know why not uh, why not use a, a drone for that? Well, I mean, look, so there's a few things going on here, right? So one is that the tech's getting better all the time, the battery life and all that type of thing. Things are getting lighter, engines, you know, the electric motors are becoming um, more powerful. Um, they're getting cheaper. You know, you can go into AliExpress and buy a drone that'll follow you, you know, and take photographs and everything, in, you know, for 100 bucks, 125 bucks. Um, so, you know, the the tech itself, and, and of course, it's just a software game, right? The chipsets are, are cheapest chips, funnily enough. And, um, you know, you can you can literally program a one or two hundred dollar drone to follow a flight path along certain waypoints based on GPS and hover and all sorts of bits and pieces. Um, I've seen them used for firefighting. Uh, I see the stuff you talk about, you know, the wildlife stuff with seeding. I've seen them used for planting um, tree seedlings. Um, you know, the the um, the potential for the use of the technology is, is just limitless, right? And you, you talked about delivery robots. Um, you know, those things are, are being used all over the place as well. So, again, you know, I think I said at the beginning of all this, you know, I can just see that um, robots in particular will eat a lot of the lower wage jobs, That you know, those jobs that require just um, drudgery is not the right word, but, you know, just repetitive things, you know, planting seeds in the ground. Um, you know, and there's, as you know, there's a ton of work going on in New Zealand around agricultural robotics, right? Um, robotics Plus is literally, I don't know, a few kilometres down the road from me. Yeah. Um, there's some amazing stuff going on, and and, and this, you know, it, it is a hardware game, and the hardware um, capabilities these days are just incredible. Uh, and then it's a software game, and, and you know, that's just, just racing ahead, particularly on the AI side of things, so image recognition, machine vision, and stuff. So you're just going to see more and more of this type of thing. You know, some some of these things will work brilliantly, and some of them won't. I still remain to be convinced that delivering a pizza via drone is the smartest thing, uh, but I'll be happy to prove uh, be proven wrong. But there's a million use cases for this that just makes so much sense as the tech just plummets in price. And you and I were talking before we kicked this off um, about the drone um, project in Africa where they use uh, fixed-wing drones and deliver drugs into incredibly remote areas. They launch them with a catapult. Uh, the drones are very, very cheap. So if they don't come back, they don't come back. It's, no one's particularly worried. Um, so, yeah, I just there's just going to be more and more of this stuff. It's absolutely incredible. And again, you know, if we were sitting down over a coffee 10 years ago, we wouldn't be able to figure out how someone could take a hundred thousand dollar drone and not worry about it if it doesn't come back because we didn't realize that one day there'd be a hundred dollar drone or a fifty dollar drone or a twenty dollar drone. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, re it really is. And um, you know, the the the, the potential uh, for them just can you know continues to uh, to to increase over over time. Um, and and you know you talk about price. You know that is the big disruptor. Uh, you know, when it suddenly costs you a tenth or a hundredth of what it costs to do uh, something previously because of the low cost uh, with the with the technology, then you know that that either just opens up things that would have never been able to you know happen before. You know, get some medicine to someone on a on a remote island. You know, think of what's just happened in in Tonga, for instance. Yep. Um, you know, when you can get from one island to another, and a drone can just you know. Jump from one 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 place to another, uh, you know, pretty easily. Uh, you know, these these things can be very expensive to do any other way. But uh, if your drone does it, then uh, um, you know, you, these these well, could be lives saved quite easily. That I was uh, talking, you know, wouldn't have been previously. 
I was talking literally last week to a guy um, about the use of drones for um, uh, measuring um, pests in, in, in um, some mountainous country, not that anywhere, but they're doing it in mountainous country. So you can either um, set humans out there to go and count rabbits or hedgehogs, or you can fly drones that have um, cameras on them that can actually, from the infrared signature, tell a hedgehog from a rabbit, from a from a anything. And of course, the next step on from that is if you go and identify pests, you know, you could potentially even precision um, drop um, pesticides. Um, and, and again, you know, you're, you're sending a X thousand dollar machine into the wild. Um, but you know, so you know, health and safety wise, there's some things that kind of go away because you know, drones don't get health insurance or ACC. There's, mm-hmm. So the, the number of roles that can be automated, not just automated, but actually made even more efficient. I would imagine that a drone can cover more territory, count more rabbits and hedgehogs than a, than a human can in a shorter space of time. Um, and the, the autonomy of these things is just increasing all the time, right? Now the ability to you know, use um, radio altimeters for staying away from terrain and all that type of thing. I mean, even the cheap drones now can avoid trees and other obstacles. It's just absolutely incredible stuff that was you know that fighter pilot uh, sorry fighter aircraft yeah, tech yeah. 20 years ago is now in the 200 dollar drone drive valley express yeah incredible yeah, incredible isn't it um now another company we've spoken about in the past um is wing and they're they're, they're part of um alphabet or who we still often refer to as uh as google uh and they've been uh, they've been back back in the media in australia because they're partnering up with KFC. Now, when I saw this headline, I thought... This is my kind of partnership, man. <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah, here we go. You know, we we had, and it was, you know, it was years ago, probably five years or so ago, um, that there was a, a media event, and I, I remember seeing Simon uh, Bridges as, as part of it, and it was for Domino's here in New Zealand, and it was you know drone delivered pizza, and you see them there eating eating their their pizza. Um, but look, we're five years down the track, and we're not seeing anyone delivering you know pizza by drone. It's still still coming by by car around the roads and held up at the lights, and it's half cold by the time <laughs> it arrives. Yeah. Um, so I you know my my immediate um, you know thinking is uh, you know here we go again. There's, this is just you know a pure sort of spin PR uh, cam- campaign of, of something that's not really happening. Um, but then I read that this is um, this involves Wing, the 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 the, the company I mentioned, um, with their their drones, which are um, pretty impressive. They've done um, they've done over a hundred thousand um, you know flights through their their testing and so on. Um, you know they're they're pretty they're pretty big, so they're winged, but yeah, they've yeah. also got uh, what have they got? 12, uh, 12 rotors uh, on them, length one point three uh, meters and a one meter uh, wingspan, and they're uh, they're a bit over five kilos and can carry one point two kilos, um, you know, of whatever it is that they're going to uh, deliver um, with with speeds of. 100 kilometers an hour uh, and 20 kilometer round, you know, round trip distance, you know, probably depending on, on how much they're carrying. So, um, you know, not to be sniffed at, they're actually pretty, uh, pretty capable. Um, And what they, what they seem to be doing in, um, in Australia is they've, they picked some uh, locations 
uh, one of which is um, uh, Logan in in Queensland, and and you know it is a bit of a trial at this stage, but it sounds like this is going to be um, you know an ongoing um, activity. So uh, what are we we I'm I'm reading here their work in Logan has helped Wing reach a milestone of. 50,000 deliveries in uh, in eight months. So, you know, there, there's actually, you know, real stuff going on here. Yeah. And, yeah, I think we're, you know, we're, we're a step closer to this sort of stuff actually just becoming the norm that we, uh, you know, it's just the same as Ubers or or any other bit of, uh, you know, technology that's, that's absolutely, um, you know, taken for granted, um, you know, as it is today. It just, just uh, uh, well, I guess will be part of your probably Uber experience in the future. Uh, you'll get a message to walk outside as a as a wire drops down from the the craft uh, with your package, and you just uh, need to unclip it and uh, uh, and wander off. Yeah, look, I I find all this interesting because I as I said before, I've got this background in kind of the aviation sector, um, and, and obviously. A bit of tech stuff as well, and, and it's interesting for a few reasons. So, so one is uh, the tech. The tech will, will do whatever you want it to do. Right? I, I think we've kind of solved uh, a lot of the major problems with the stuff now. Um, but the idea of a twenty kilogram thing traveling at one hundred kilometers an hour through the air, um, without some sort of very very effective safety mechanisms. You know, what what happens when the first one crashes through an apartment window and kills a young young child? Um, you know, some of those things I haven't seen answered particularly well. You know, they are um, devices. The, the wing ones are interesting in that they are fixed wings so that there's, I'm assuming there's some kind of glide capability and obviously building the software to put it down in the sea or a lake or something is all probably a relatively easy, simple thing. But uh, for the other types of drones that actually rely on, you know, four rotors or spinning at exactly the right amount at exactly the right time, uh, what happens when you clip a bird? What happens when a battery fails? What happens when a motor fails? What happens when a prop breaks? There's, there's a whole lot of um, concerns in there that that I um, still have some serious concerns about, right? It's certainly not like aviation, where everything's triple redundant and, you know, we've got skilled pilots and a whole lot of other things. Um, you know, aviation, uh, aircraft travel is the safest means of transportation in the world for very, very good reasons. Um so I, I can absolutely see, and, and you can see what's happening here, right? They, they just want to get, get rid of humans out of the mix, right? They, you know, they obviously want to make it cheaper and faster to get, you know, KFC or whatever it might be, pizzas out to people. I don't know how they're going to keep them warm because, man, that'll, you know, heaters take a fair bit of battery power. Um, but so I think there's, I can absolutely understand why there's some commercial um, drivers in there, but I still think that there are some realistic impediments to, to doing this kind of thing. You know, um, it, I would be absolutely fascinated to understand the legislature um, around, you know, civil aviation legislation around what enables these things and what sort of precautions they have to have in place to ensure that Joe Public, Jane Public, don't get harmed by them. Yeah, well, the the civil aviation, uh, you know, rules have been, uh, you know, probably one of the, one of the things that you know this at this point, um, you know, aren't sort of super friendly to drone deliveries. Uh, you know, as, as as of as of right, you can't just you know. Put some drones up and have them flying all over the place across, you know, where, where people are. Um, but interestingly, you know, just mentioned Domino's, and I had a little bit of a look, and actually, it seems as though, um, you know, that that world first uh, pizza uh, delivery by drone 
um, was the one that was here in New Zealand, and it was just over, you know, a bit over five years ago in 2016. Um, and there was a company called Skydrop involved, and in fact, their um, their drone for that you can see at the um, at the Auckland um, Museum, I believe. Um, oh, okay. Yep, or at a museum in Auckland. What, did it crash um, through a window or is it on display? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that that uh, that we I've not heard an official word on Brett, so uh, you, ne- you never know. It's embedded know. in a wall. <laughs> they, they may have, they may have acquired it uh, purely by accident. Um, That's right. I'm, Look, it's I'm, up there, thirty feet up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trusting not, um, but apparently there um, there are moves afoot to uh, actually to take that to the next uh, stage. Um, here in New Zealand, so um, Skydrop, um, yeah, they're a US-based drone company, um, and they're saying that they've managed to increase the payload. And we just heard 1.2 kgs was uh, the payload uh, for Wing. Well, they're saying they're up to 3.5 um, kilos, wow. yep. and um, and that they're 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 um, um, you know improving their uh, their accuracy. And they're talking about a parachute delivery uh, system for um, for safety. Now, I don't have too many too many other um, details about that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have you know do a little bit more research because this one's just uh, um, just popped up, but it, it sounds fascinating. So I'm very very keen to uh, to to see what happens and. Um, Let's see. Maybe we will. Uh, maybe we'll have. We will be having. Um, you know, pizza delivered to um, one or two parts of, of New Zealand uh, this year, Brett, with uh, with a drone. We live a bit outside um, town in Tauranga, and we we can't get um, pizza Hut or Domino's or any pizzas delivered here. So I'm I'm all in if if they can pull this off. I love the idea of a parachute floating down with a pizza at the end of it. I mean, that's just almost <laughs> perfection for me. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can pull this off. The other thing I think that's really interesting is they're testing it here, right? We have ACC and you can't sue. Um, so this is probably the ideal country in which to have some terrible accidents um, and not affect the bottom line too much. That's the cynic in me coming out. But I'd be interested, more interested to see if they're testing these things in New York City and L.A. Um, than little old New Zealand. So oh, We'll be the guinea pigs and then, and then they might then they might think of that's those... Right. Uh, those more populated uh, spots, Brett. Maybe they'll focus on uh, on on your area outside of uh, Tauranga to start with. I'll put my hand up to be a beta tester. <laughs> I'll get a crash helmet. Now, um, bef- before we finish up, a couple more things wanted to delve into. Uh, one is Facebook um, or Meta, as they're as they're now called. Um, they've really had a pretty big fall from grace as far as their uh, their their stock. Uh, no, isn't it great? Is, is is concerned, and it, uh, it actually pretty mind blowing the um, you know the level to which their their stock um, dropped. And you know, look, I, I I um you know was was pretty shocked to see you know it was a I think initially a twenty six uh, percent drop in their in their stock, and I was thinking, wow, you know, if if you know if you were okay with the ethics of this company and so on would now it be is. a good would now be a good time to buy and i had a look at the numbers and i thought you know even on the numbers um you know 
I, I don't, you know, I don't think it, it necessarily makes a lot of sense. Now, it's not financial advice or anything like that, and <laughs> um, you know, but disclaimer. Yeah, look, 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 looking at the numbers, oh yeah, okay, very, you know, very interesting. There's still, you know, still got a quite a high, you know, multiplier on the, uh, um, on the stock price. But the other bit, I guess that 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 I just thought this is a reflection. There's a reflection here of how. Um, so much investment is done, and it seems to really lack kind of a futurist mindset or a long-term, you know, view on these things. Because everybody seemed to sort of bail out on on the Facebook stock, um, on them on their their growth having gone from you know fr- slightly positive to you know a fraction of one percent downward. Now this trend has been coming for a very lo- you know very long time. If you were you know following all the numbers and so on, it, you know it's pretty obvious that there were you know certain age groups, um, you know the, the the younger audience especially, uh, without too much interest in Facebook. So you know this was you, know, you watch the curves and so on. It was uh, I don't I don't think there was a whole lot of news here. That that was my uh, my feeling on it anyway. When I, when I spoke to News Talk ZB about it. Um, um, on on Friday, Brett. I mean, what do you think about this? Right. So this this is one of my little hobby horses, right? So let, allow me to climb aboard. Um, <laughs> I this is the beginning, right? This is the very beginning. Do not, and I'm not giving you financial advice. Do not buy <laughs> Facebook stock right now. They have got. They are facing an absolute tsunami of legal threats, right? They've got um, Lena Khan, who's the chair of the FTC now in the United States, has them well and truly in her sights. Um, and, you know, they have done an incredible job, particularly Zuckerberg and Sandberg, um, over the years of, you know, avoiding, obfuscating, lying, and a bunch of other things to avoid any kind of criminal liability. And I think a lot of those chickens are coming home to roost. I'll read you something that I found that was absolutely fascinating. So there's a um, there's a guy on, on Twitter, uh, Jason Kint, and his, his um, handler is Jason underscore Kint, K-I-N-T, who follows the Facebook stuff really closely. He actually has some really good insight around it. Anyway, there's a, a judge who has issued an order to Facebook just um, literally in the last four hours or so. Uh, and I'll, I'll just read you the text because it is just so absolutely um, in, in your face. It says here, by no later, no later than 4 p.m. on Thursday, February 10, Facebook must file a letter on the docket designating a single executive from the company as final responsibility for all discovery decisions in this litigation moving forward. That executive must attend the Zoom status conference at 4.30pm on Thursday. If the executive has other plans on Thursday afternoon, they are ordered to postpone them. So I think that their ability to avoid this ever-tightening noose, I think, is vanishing rapidly, and I don't think that that's going to boost their stock price. I think it's going to tank it. Um, the other thing too that's playing out here that's really really important is the Tim Cook versus Mark Zuckerberg thing. That whole um, stopping tracking in iOS 15 is is an absolute death knell for Facebook. Right? Or it might not kill them, but by God, it's going to absolutely damage them. So there is this big battle going on at that level. That you know it's kind of Apple versus Facebook, privacy versus none of it. Um, and and I think you know so with that, um, with multiple um, lawsuits against them. Uh, and with Lena Khan, particularly at the helm of the FTC, she's a 32-year-old Wunderkinder. She is absolutely incredible. Um, I really do think that the days of Facebook just giving the middle finger to the legal system in the States is well and truly over. And, and I also see that they've threatened the EU with pulling out of the EU if they have to process customer data on European servers versus US. And so 
good luck with that, mate. So yeah, that um, just seems like a really stupid thing to yeah, exactly. You know, so it to couldn't be happen to, uh, to a better yeah. company, right? <laughs> and I I use Facebook because there's no good alternative at the moment. But you know, I think that they have done an amazing job of treating their customers or their their product, which is you and I, like trash. Um, and I'm more than happy to see those chickens come home to rest. It'll be interesting to see how they how they how they fare. But um, it's not like any of this wasn't predicted. It's not like any of this isn't deserved. So I hope they're not a sponsor. And if they are, they're probably not now. Um, but, you know, I, don't worry. Bring to, it on. To, 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 to me, when we have sponsors or partners uh, for, for the podcast, uh, we we say we always say what we think and uh, that, that would never stop it. Now, I have, I have been told with TV stations and so on when I've suggested a topic that I want to talk about. Sorry, we can't talk about that, Paul, yeah. um, because that crosses into the territory of um of a sponsor and yeah. um i mean I, eh? yeah and and Cancel but you, would, you generally culture. wouldn't wouldn't hear uh you wouldn't hear yeah. anything about about that and um you know i'm um yeah usually not not uh ready to go and uh you know drop a major broadcaster in it but this no, this no. is the reality of how they operate um yeah. you know if you see a brand that's that's sponsoring something in the mainstream media, I mean, there is a lot of power for that for that brand, and uh, it's, it's yeah. My Many mind talks. was a little a little bit blown by by that 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 can actually you know stop a topic um, being 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 discussed. But anyway, yeah. that's that's just one last going. thing on this too, um, which is that Peter Thiel has just announced that he's going to step off the Facebook board. Uh, I think it's a few months down the track, um, and there's another man. Everything he touches is septic as well, but. Um, you know, so I, I think... Hey, he's um, touched New or, Zealand. Come on. Yeah, yeah okay, he's a New Zealand <laughs> citizen. I mean, what was... Thanks, John Key. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think there is just so much sepsis, is that the word? There's just so much horribleness around all of Facebook. And um, so I just, I don't think they can maintain their their position. They might maintain their market position, but I think um, their financials are going, they are going to struggle. Um, you know, and, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to watch stock prices dropped over thirty percent, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it has now. And look, I think that they're they're not going to maintain that sort of same position in the market. And what's um, you know, what what I'm seeing is in the early days of Facebook, I looked at and I you know because I'd been involved in the in the social media you know world myself, and you know had launched a um, you know a, a specialised uh, you know social network. And I've been watching, uh, you know, Friendster and MySpace, which yep. was the two that came before. Those were the days, um, yep. you know, yep. Facebook. And in fact, what we launched with WorldDJ.com was launched before Facebook as well. Um, and and so I, you know, when Facebook came along, I thought, oh yeah, you know, this is the latest trend. Um, I didn't accurately, you know, just pick the level of reach that they would that they would get. Um, but once they got that reach, what I noticed was, hold on, they've got this moat because they've got it's the one place you can go where you know just about Correct. everybody is, right? Yep. And um, and for a long time, I thought, boy, that that moat is going to be incredibly powerful to them. But now, what we're seeing is, um, you know, we we we're maybe getting getting back to um, you know smaller online communities that might be you know focused in one area or another. So um, you know, there, there's there's niche platforms such as the social audio platforms um, like Clubhouse, which are you know are still you know very very niche, but you know they're in that space. 
Uh, Twitter's in that space. We've been uh, testing uh, LinkedIn's proposition in that space over the last uh, last couple of weeks. Spotify are, are in there, so that's that's just one. Um, of course, uh, TikTok has you know just been massive, but that's another you know thing taking attention away from from Facebook as 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 uh, you know YouTube on the video front. Um, discourse is something that seems just to be quietly uh, discord. Um, sorry, as 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 just quietly uh, you know accumulating more and more uh, communities and. You know, you jump on a Discord community. It's you know that that's its its thing, um, and it, it's a you know such a different model to uh, to Facebook. And then you look and think, well, wow, what do we actually need Facebook for now? Yeah, we're only all there because everyone's there, right? That, that's the that, yeah. that's the magnetic. It's it's the network effect. But there's another interesting thing. But, but we're not anymore. As well, right? Because yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know there are people that have so fed up that they've quit, and Correct. then there's a younger audience that that aren't going it's going near it because it's, it's it's not the, the 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 place to be anymore. Um, so yeah, interesting time ahead. There's another um, lawsuit that's of interest too, which is um, and I, I think it's the FTC. I'm not sure, but in, in the states, um, Google and Facebook have been accused of collusion in order to um, uh, bump up advertising costs rates. And, um, and and those are literally jailable offences in the States. And I was listening to another podcast uh, over the weekend where they were talking about the fact that some Google employees have been, um, I, I think, in discussions with like FBI people, like senior law enforcement people, um, on the basis of, you know, you spill the beans and, and, and we'll give you um, some sort of immunity. So... Um, I think that really does change the game when execs can potentially go to it. Look, all of those companies can just write billion dollar checks. They really don't care. That's just a cost of doing business. It's like, man, you know, cost us a billion dollars. Um, you know, I worked for Microsoft. They had a similar model a little while back, right? They've changed their tune. But, you know, they, they saw some of those uh, fines as, as, a, as a cost of doing business. Uh, the minute people might start going to jail, everything changes, right? So I think you might see some behavioral changes, but it might be too little too late. And again, you know, and I've made my thoughts about Facebook pretty clear. It couldn't happen to a nice bunch of people. So all good. Bring it on. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, lastly, looking for something else controversial to talk about, um, Brett. Um, Let's talk about it. <laughs> Joe Rogan and, uh, and, and Spotify. Yeah. Now, I think, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of perspectives you could sort of delve into here. And I've been looking, um, you know, looking at the, the discussion from, um, you know, some of the podcasters' perspectives. And and the the medium of podcasting and the medium of podcasting is sort of designed to be this open uh, thing where where you know anybody can you know record some content and release an RSS feed um, and that can be picked up by basically you know any um, any any pod podcatcher or any you know podcast app. Um, but of course, we're dealing with quite a different situation when we're talking about uh, you know, big players, and especially Joe Rogan, whose uh, podcast certainly prior to uh, to joining Spotify, you know, was the number one uh, podcast yep. you know in the world from a from a, a listenership perspective, and certainly, or especially if you include the number of hours that people um, you know potentially spend spend listening, because it's uh, it's you know quite quite long, uh, you know, quite long content. 
Um, but I mean, this is this one's just playing out in in public with, uh, um, yeah, some 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 pretty interesting things to watch. I'm keen to hear your your take on it, Brett, because you suggested we cover this one. Yeah, look, I I find this really interesting, right? Um, I don't listen to Joe Rogan because I don't listen to racist, misogynistic people, right? and 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 you've seen the videos, right? That he is a deeply racist man and has said some terrible things in the past. I don't particularly like. But um, that's not the content I'm looking for. He's a, he's a content aggregator or curator, right? Um, that's what people like. Oh, he always has these interesting people on. I can find those interesting people on other podcasts if I want to, or YouTube or other things. A lot of the people that he has on aren't people I'd particularly be interested in. So I think uh, from the point of view of deplatforming him, I, I, I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do. I think it speaks volumes, the current situation speaks volumes for the incredibly poor due diligence that Spotify did Um uh, you know, before they gave him $100 million to come on board. Either that or it speaks volumes for the fact that they knew all of the stuff and did it anyway, which, which says something else about Spotify as a company. I, I, I suspect that they are genuinely surprised about some of the stuff. Um, but, you know, the videos that I've seen of some of his previous podcasts and some of the comments he's made are utterly, utterly unacceptable. And, and I remain to be convinced that a heartfelt apology afterwards changes someone's behavior you know that stuff comes from somewhere i can see how he's wired he's not the sort of person i have any particular interest in seeing but by the same measure i don't think i would like to see um him um you know be shut down on spotify and, and even if he was he would pop up somewhere else you know so yeah. so you know yeah. it's not like he's being deplatformed at all or there's any cancel culture um you know advertisers might run away in droves, who knows? That's how capitalism works, right? You vote with your dollars. So I'm, I'm all for that. That's perfectly okay. Um, but I think one thing that is really interesting, I think it was either Scott Galloway or Kara Swisher brought this up in a podcast I was listening to recently. Um, if you listen to the Spotify CEO talk, he will run a mile from saying that they're a media company. He keeps talking about them being a platform because of course the legalities, particularly in states around, you know, with being a media company and, you know, editorial um, stuff is different than if you're just a platform platforming people being responsible uh, so, for what you're saying versus yeah, not holding correct. any responsibility whatsoever kind that, of that's, that's yeah. you know yeah. and they don't want that responsibility there's too much mm. legal mm. Uh, um, legal jeopardy and all of that so I think this is going to prove to be quite an interesting um, test case so to speak in that um, a I think you'll see the, the next big star that Spotify bring on board they might actually spend 15 minutes on Google doing a bit of background checking on because they clearly didn't do it this time. Um, but I think you are going to see potentially from Spotify a little bit. And I see that they've already deleted a bunch of his previous podcasts with, um, and man, I, it looks some Apparently of the Apparently he saw, requested that they remove the 116 uh, episodes. So uh, that that's a lot of content, right? I mean, I don't know. He, he's produced uh, probably over a thousand episodes being a, a, you know. But think about that, right? You know, like a hundred, if, if it was one or two episodes where he'd said something out of place or, you know, said something you shouldn't have or had, you know, one wine too many, you know, I can actually understand that. It's a ton of content and you're going to trip over yourself occasionally. That 116 episodes, the man is a racist misogynist. That's just the facts, right? Um, and But I, I admire the fact that he stepped up and apologised because it did look to me like a, a genuine apology i will be absolutely fascinated to see what he's going to do to improve himself as a human being because he's a pretty low one in my humble opinion at the moment um you know what's the personal work he's going to do to to do a better job of that rather than just oh geez sorry about that oh you know probably shouldn't have said those things i'll try not to say them in the future i don't think that's sufficient 
someone in his position. So, yeah, and, and I think the other thing too that's important in all of this is, and I don't know the answer, what's the responsibility of those people that have you know, literally many tens of millions of followers, um, you know, getting, you know, and, and starting, you know, what happens when they broadcast information? You know, you can have, you know, um, controversial information is one thing. What happens when they broadcast something that is actually factually incorrect and co can cause harm? Now, when a media company does that, I think that's one thing, unless you're Fox, of course, where they don't care. Um, but what happens, you know, for, for Spotify, what's their responsibility? I don't know, but I think these are things we need to think about. I think the whole idea of just anybody being able to say anything, anytime, about anything, I'm, I'm not 100%. You can't shout fire in a crowded theatre, right? At some point, there needs to be some level of, I don't know, code of conduct or, or, or something with this, right? Um, because in a lot of ways... You know, I think, you know, something making the world a better place, keeping it the same or making it worse. And I think in some ways, some of these things are making it worse. At the same time, they're making other parts of it better. And I think we need to have the discussion. So I don't think they should shut the guy down. Um, I admire the fact he's made an apology. I don't like him as a human being. I don't listen to his podcast. Um, but I think it has kicked off a very interesting discussion. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, for me, it's, it's the discussion I'm interested in in terms of what can we learn and what can we take away from this because there are all sorts of things that that influence, you know, how we feel ab about these things. Um, and, you know, I know people that I think are, you know, are, are really great people um, that happen to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and absolutely love it. Yeah, me too. Uh, now, I've got now, good mates, really good yeah, people too that listen yeah, to it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, you know, and I've, I've listened into. I don't know, a few few bits and pieces over time. Uh, Elon Musk was on there with uh, with one that got a lot of publicity uh, yep. when uh, when a bit of smoke rose and, <laughs> and whatnot. Yep. Um, so you know he he's been able to attract some really interesting um, you know folks and and some some quite interesting discussions. But it's not certainly not something that I've got the time to uh, you know to to listen into um, or you know have ever subscribed to. But as I say, many, many people do. And, um, you know, I, I am concerned around some of the sort of the deplatforming and, and cancel culture things that we that we find, in a, in a, you know, an appropriate an appropriate way, uh, you know, forward to be able to have have discussion. Um, and there, there's a degree to, you know, to I guess some of the stuff that I see that goes on on, um, you know, platforms like Twitter and, and, and so on, where it's like, hold on, hold on, that seems actually a bit. A bit heavy-handed. Where's the where's the be nice? It's not yeah. coming through. So yeah. um, you know we've we've got we do have to sort of you know figure out uh, a way forward on 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 some of these uh, these matters, right? But I, I think you raised some interesting things. You know, if you're a dick on Twitter, you're you'll get shut down, right? You know, they they they've got it. It's not perfect, but at least there's somebody in there thinking about some of this stuff, right? And, and at times, it's the moderation's absolutely terrible, but at least you know they seem to be trying to do something. This is all brand new territory, and I, I think that's that's obviously part of the challenge. And look, look I, I think the whole listenership thing is really interesting. Um, most people did not know that stuff about Joe Rogan. I'd, I'd seen some of that stuff prior, mm -hmm. right? And, and um, he didn't, his style and, you know, that whole just who he is and how he is just isn't my cup of tea, right? So I, I voted with my feet or with my ears, and I didn't listen to him. I've got good friends um, and people who are good people, you know, they have a good set of values, who do listen to him. I'll be interested to see if they continue to do so, right? You know, so so you know, his content is one thing. You know, the the, the responses I got from people when I was staring him up on Facebook recently was, oh, but he has you know, he's great guests and asks interesting questions. It's great. That's fantastic. And he's a racist as well. 
how do you feel about it now? And I think these are things, I don't know what the answers are, but, you know, the content is one thing, the platform is another, the host is, is, is another thing. Um, you know, what would happen if, you know, the leader of the most far-right, you know, group in New Zealand had a podcast and had guests on? How would we feel about that? I actually don't know. I would be deeply uncomfortable with it. But these are kind of things, you know, they didn't they didn't run TV shows before. They didn't have, maybe one or two of them might have on, on News Talk ZB, but they didn't have their own radio shows, right? Um, whereas now the ability to get out there and get your message out is, is very, very easy just because of you know, the, the internet effectively. Um, yep. So I think there's all these um, pathways we have to head down, conversations we need to have, um, and, and understand the implications of some of these things. You know, I will not be listening to Joe Rogan. Um, I'm not telling others not to. I'm just, I'd like them to think about, is that, you know, and I, my test question, I think, is how would you feel about your 19-year-old daughter listening to Joe Rogan? Because right, some of the content he talks through is, is pretty unpleasant. Would you feel okay for Joe Rogan to be in a room with your 19-year-old daughter? I, you know, um, there, there is the... the there's the message, there's the medium, and there's the, the, I guess, the moderator kind of thing. And I think it's a, it's an interesting and complex relationship. Um, and, and it's all kind of new territory. We're going to have to have these conversations. But I'm absolutely not in favour of, sh you know, shutting people down. I'm voting with my feet or my ears again. I'm not, I'm not going to yeah, listen to them. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I would like to think that in light of what's kind of come out over the last week or so, that some people might be questioning whether they should listen to him or whether it, he's a person that they would encourage their, their children to, to listen to, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a good, uh, good, good consideration. Um, I obviously haven't read or listened as, as deeply as you have, because I've mostly just sort of seen the headlines on it and I watched his apology. So um, I'm, um, I'm, more curious than ever in terms of actually what, <laughs> yep. what he was apologizing for. Um, and I, I'm sure that can probably be reasonably easily found, and uh, that gives a, a bit of a clearer picture. Um, I'm I'm picking on his uh, on his character. So, yeah, thanks for that, Brett. Um, it, it is a it is a really important discussion. Uh, you know that 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 we look at you know some of these things that technology facilitates, and how do we as a as a society you know navigate through and make you know, appropriate de decisions. Uh, that that are going to you know suit over a long yeah. period of time, a long period of of uh, of situations. And, and look, I, I think this just and this is a nice way to kind of round things out, right? This is the classic thing in the world of technology. You know, it, it races ahead at light speed. Um, just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know, you, you can download the files for and print um, automatic weapons now on a three D printer. The police have already seized a couple of them from um, gang members in Auckland. Um, you know, should we prevent people downloading files for automatic weapons and printing them? I think we should. You know, is that impinging on their personal freedoms? Maybe it is, but, you know, but it's still okay. So so I think um, the key thing here is the, the, the debate, the discourse. I, I think um, understanding the parameters of that and, and the implications of that are important. One of the things I do believe um, is that, um, you know, there are people in the technology world who... Um, will do things that are not the right thing in order to, to make money. You know, we look at things like Clearview AI and some other things like that. Um, we cannot trust necessarily trust the leaders of these businesses, the founders of these businesses, to do the right thing in the long term. In fact, they might not, might not even know what the long-term implications of some of these things are. 
they're effectively letting technology genies out of bottles and the long-term implications can't necessarily be planned or, or predicted accurately you know from the get-go right so so we need to have these conversations so, and, and i think that's a, a really important part of it and, and look you know this is one of the great things about your podcast right you can get to have these conversations there aren't a lot of mediums where, where these, this discussion is happening and i think it's very important that us those of us in the technology world understand what our tech can do good bad and ugly for for the rest of the world and that we talk about that stuff i think that's absolutely imperative even more so now than in the past and i think it's going to be increasingly so in the future thanks brett uh we'll we'll finish on that note it's great to get <laughs> get those perspectives and you know just a a reminder of sort of you know what what it's all about and so uh we'll, we'll look forward to uh further you know debate and discussion uh, on these some. things and um look you know hopefully the, the the best things that that come out of these discussions and all of the other discussions that are that are going on uh you know around the place on on these important topics get get noticed and and action gets taken but we we do seem to see that that uh um, you know, companies, boards, and, and shareholders, uh, you know, take note uh, when when people are unhappy, and, and often it's the, the shareholders that are unhappy, and, and governments take note. And you know, we we are seeing you know change for uh, for the better um, in in situations where uh, you know technology has facilitated things that uh, um, yeah maybe not so ideal. So yeah, thanks. The fastest that. way to a CEO's heart is to tank their stock price, mate. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and and I guess, um, yeah, that with with Joe Rogan coming out with, I mean, there's been a couple of you know a couple of bits over the over the past uh, you know week or so. Um, you know, you you think, well, here's somebody sitting on a hundred million dollars. Why does he care about what anybody um, thinks? Um, but you know, I'm kind of in, in, encouraged by some of his his uh, response because you know he could he could choose other routes, shall we say. Um, and so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that we will see uh, good things going forward. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see on that front. But uh, thanks again, Brett, and we'll look forward to catching up um, maybe next time you're about Auckland or, or on another episode in the not-too-distant uh, not future. And thanks, thanks everyone, for, for listening in um, and joining Brett and I uh, today on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, big thank you to our uh, show partners uh, Gorilla Technology, uh, Vodafone, HP, Vocus, and Spark. And uh, we'll look forward to catching you again next week. All right. See you, folks. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.